Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the letter of Ephesians. Much of the strength of, of these all-church celebrations is the truths of God coming forth and the testimony of His people. And so I um, prepare a, a shorter message on these days to give way for us to get to hear all that God's doing and so sweet. Very purposely last week in chapter 5, verse 4, I left the last words of Paul off of verse 4 that we could focus on them this morning as I saw a, a sweet gift of the Lord in the timing of our annual calendar as Thanksgiving is just a few days away. Consider with me the words of our Lord as given through Paul and his letter to the believers in the region of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me read verse 1 through 4 to give us some context and reminder this morning. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper for the saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Church, we are to imitate the one true holy God, for he is good and there is no one worthy to imitate more than him. We are to do this as his beloved children. And as we imitate God, we are to put on our new selves in Christ and the power of God at work through us, that we'd put off the old. And what a treat it is in these last few weeks to speak about um, the, the ways of the old, the, 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 the language, the, the heart, the practices of the old man lost in sin, the old woman lost in sin, to, to see what they are now in Christ, to see transformation, renewal, growth, and maturity. Um, we are to walk in love, Paul says. How do we know what that love should look like? It, it's the same sacrificial, selfless love that Christ showed us when he died in our place, gave himself up for us so that we who are guilty could be forgiven and saved, made new in Christ. Imitating God and putting on our new selves means our testimony is not one of sexual immorality or impurity or covetousness. No, the Lord is empowering us to turn from these things, to put them away. We no longer even have them named among us as improper as these are improper for the saints and our testimony in Christ in like matter we are to there is to be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking in our testimony this too is out of place and so we we put these away we we seek to honor the lord in our speaking and so what should our testimony look like those who imitate god those who are putting on the new self in christ uh, proving to be among the saints, the saved saints. What does that testimony look like? Well, Paul says here at the end of verse 4, instead let there be thanksgiving. Let there be thanksgiving. Church, our testimony is to be one of gratitude, of thanksgiving. When people see you, run into you, get to know you, they see that you're thankful. Why? Because of this gift in Christ you've been given that has changed everything. We have so much to be thankful for. Amen? This is 
to be our testimony. The question is, is it? People who know you, church, is that how they know you? What they know about you? That you're alive in Christ, so grateful. Despite your circumstances, you are full of thanksgiving. Paul's point here in verse 4 is the proper testimony of the saints is one of thanksgiving as compared to the improper testimony that he just spoke of. Scripture is clear time and time again that this is to be the case. In his letter to the um, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says in chapter 5, verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will for us, church? That we would give thanks in all circumstances. That we would be a thankful people. That we are so thankful that we give thanks in the midst of any and every circumstance, no matter how hard that might be. I really want you to take that in for a minute. What does it look like to be a thankful person, even in the midst of hardship, persecution, struggle, loss? And the reason why we need to really do business with that is when our flesh is leading, our flesh is is guilty of only being thankful when temporary things are working. When our flesh is at the helm and not Christ, our attitude is often full of frustration, even anger or bitterness at things that go wrong in any given day. Things that don't go the way we want them to, the way we've hoped they would be, the way we've planned for them to go. We're often given to grumpiness due to the way other people are bothering us, decisions that are being made, how people are not living up to our expectations. But see with me, This is what happens when we live according to the flesh. The flesh that only has the temporary to grab onto. How can we truly and authentically be thankful in every circumstance, even when it's hard, even when it's a struggle? New life in Christ. A new identity. A new hope. A new power of the Lord at work in us. Not living out of the old self, but as Paul has been emphasizing, living out of the new self. Paul says in Romans 6, 17, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. We were slaves to sin and death, but have been set free to serve Jesus, to honor Jesus, to obey His commands, to get to live for His glory. Paul says in the in the launch into these truths, thanks be to God. Is your gospel standing constantly in your mind and heart, Christian? If so, you will constantly be thankful for what God has done in you. Here Paul again as he writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 12-15, I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolent opponent. But I received mercy, because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And then the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. 
Do you see what is under Paul's thankfulness? This gospel testimony of who he now is in Christ is the undergirding of of why he's thankful. He gets it. He gets the motivation for constant gratitude. An attitude of gratitude is what I like to call it. Because we were slaves. We were doomed. We had no hope. Not on our own. But God in His mercy set us free. And so despite, even though I might still struggle, even though the world is still hard, I am thankful to belong to Him. To be set free in His power and grace. Paul gets how far away from God's holy standard he was. Therefore, he's thankful for what God did to send Jesus to atone for his sins and the sins of all of his people. A people that were full-fledged sinners, enemies of God, who had nothing to boast in, but now in Christ have everything to celebrate. This is why we're thankful in all circumstances. Because my position, my relationship with God is unchanging. Christ has secured that. Notice Paul is not saying to be thankful for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. In the midst of them, there is a thankfulness that is in me and coming out of me. An attitude of gratitude that the redeemed people of God would be known for. That would be part of the light that we shine among the community we live in. It's not fake. It's not superficial. It's fueled by the gospel. And it begins to change everything in our lives. How many people hang their hat on salvation as if it was a moment in time, but it doesn't really change them inside and out. They remember saying a prayer, they remember a a, a time of attendance to the church and believe themselves to be restored to God, but that, that testimony of gratitude is not there. That obedience to God ongoingly is missing. We need to be changed through and through. We need to be surrendered to Him. We need to see we belong to Him. We When we understand the gospel, when we rightly understand what we've been given, it changes our entire disposition, church. No matter what we face, no matter what we're going through. We have to do some serious business with this this morning. I I fear for too many, your faith is compartmentalized. And therefore, it misses the opportunity to shine in every circumstance. And so I ask you this morning, are you known for a thankful disposition? Or are you known for being a negative person who is too often grumpy or complaining? Are you consistently bitter at how life is coming at you? Nothing seems to be working right according to you. Do you realize that there is a gospel work and motivation that can cause the most chastised, the most abused, the most cheated person in the world, to be reborn with a demeanor of authentic and ongoing thankfulness. When other people run into you, when they run into the people of Disciples Church, what do they think of? What do they experience when they interact with us? Do do they sense a joyful contentment, a thankfulness, no matter what they might be going through? 
Or do they experience people who often look and seem no different than anyone else? I want you to really do business with this this morning. Not just to grab hold of some kind of superficial thankfulness, but one that would really truly overflow. It would begin to come out of you. People would begin to sense and see something different in you. No matter what we face, no matter how bad it gets, we acknowledge the sovereign hand of God who is continuing to work in and through all things. That the gospel that set us free gives us great reason to be thankful. One of the great foundations for our ongoing thankfulness is a perspective on what we deserve versus what we've received. In our view of life, if your view of life is that you deserve good things to come your way, then it's easy to become bitter or angry when your life doesn't go that way. Let me ask you to consider your life. What happens when you lose things that you've come to expect? What happens when there's a power outage and you can't do simple things? What happens when you get sick and you can't do some of the things you planned? We must see the bigger picture in our circumstances. We must realize that the things we get to do are privileges. They're not rights. They're blessings from God. We must see life as a great gift from God. The very workings of our body, the ability to live or interact with others is a blessing. It's an opportunity. It's just the tip of the iceberg. We have Christ. Do we, do we see what we've been given? That scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Have you ever heard someone ask the question, hey, how are you doing? And someone answer, better than I deserve. Or maybe they'll say, I'm blessed. Even though they might be going through a really hard time, how are they able to say that? Because they see and they know rightly what they deserve because of their sin. They see and know what they've been given in Christ and it changes them, moves and motivates them to be thankful no matter what's been stripped away, there is a recognition that I'm abundantly blessed. In the very first chapter of this letter, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Church, we are blessed, we are loved, we are provided for, we are secure in Christ. Possessors of every spiritual blessing. Think about that. These are eternal blessings. Eternal favor of God. So let us therefore be thankful. Colossians 3, 15-17 Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to the father through him are you thankful despite your circumstances is your heart one of gratitude 
Not because of what you have in the temporary, but because of what you have in Christ. A couple disciplines to consider as we look to put our testimony of thankfulness to work as we've been instructed here by Paul. Number one, in prayer, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Just the regular practice of going to God in prayer is a wonderful way to be reminded of who you are in Christ and what you have in God. When we pray without ceasing, there is a walking by faith, a remembering who we are in Christ that wells up thanksgiving and puts away bitterness. Paul speaks of the need to combine prayer and thanksgiving when he writes to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything instead, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When circumstances in life get hard, and they will, we are not to be anxious and worried. Why? Because we are on that firm foundation. We are secure in Christ so we don't turn to fleshly worry instead we go to prayer to share our honest requests but he says to do this with thanks thankfulness and and that's our way of remembering what he's done being thankful being grateful when we pray unceasing when we go to prayer instead of to worry he, he says that we will experience peace beyond understanding. Paul says that in, in Ephesians 1.16, also in the early part of this letter, he, he, he models this for us. He says, I, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul says there's an unceasing practice he does, which is to give thanks for his brothers and sisters in Christ. He's thankful for them, and he shares his thankfulness with the Lord in prayer. And now in this letter, I ask you, are you thankful for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Is it something you tell God? Is it something you share with others? Is this the expression of thankfulness that is a part of your testimony? When others say, how are you doing? is one of the things you often share is a thankfulness for your blood-bought family who God has put in your life. I'm very thankful for this practice that as I see it work itself out in you, a gratitude for the life of the church, that it's become something to you more than just a place to attend and scratch some religious practices, but there's really a people here. You heard it testified of, a family to know and grow together, and that the Lord is doing a work in that. I want us to see a major thread of our unity as a church is a, a practice of gratitude. Are we thankful? That one of the things that keeps us going, that, that helps us be slow to be picky or slow to grumble or slow to complain, is that we have each other to point each other back to Christ to help us be thankful for all that God is and is doing among us. May this attitude of gratitude fuel our meeting together as we grow and serve and testify God's grace, the gospel of our Lord. 
The psalmist shares testimony in this way. Psalm 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. To recall all that God has done, to cause our hearts to well up with praise and testimony to be shared, our thankfulness is constantly on our lips. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let it be our testimony, church. Is your testimony of the Lord in your life shown by your thankful disposition? If not, it should be. This is something to do business with this morning. This is something to do business with this week. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. An annual gathering, celebration. To be thankful. To be thankful to God, our Creator. My prayer is that you would put these things into practice this week. Your, your testimony among your family and your friends would be a, one of overwhelming gratitude. Not because how life is going, but because of who you are in Christ. May your testimony of thankfulness move beyond this annual week into the framework of our daily lives. I love Thanksgiving. I love its reorientation for my life, for my family. I also really love turkey dinner. (laughs) My mom, who's with the Lord, made a a great traditional meal. It's a a beloved part of our Kirstein family traditions. And I've, I've joked often with people who are close to me, I think, why don't we do Thanksgiving dinner once a quarter? We have a lot to be thankful for, right? So, let that be even bigger than that. And let it surely not be about great flavors of food and warm fires and people we love. Let it be about something way bigger than that. Life in Christ. Forgiveness from sin. Lives that get to do the work of a holy God to spread His life-changing gospel. That is the hope of the world. May our testimony, church, be one of thankfulness. To lead us into a final song of worship this morning, I want to read to you Psalm 138. Will you stand with me this morning as we prepare to sing and close our time? Psalm 138 says this, I give thanks, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of my soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. 
The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this time to celebrate you, to remember your gospel, and and to testify of it. Thank you for these young lives who have been, by your grace, set free, given saving faith, Uh, a commitment to you that while there's still much to grow in and mature in, that they have Christ, newness of life, power of the Holy Spirit, forgiveness of sins, and a reconciled relationship to you, the Lord of heaven and earth, that there's nothing greater that you could give us but you. Oh, we are blessed. We are a blessed people. For anyone still here today who stands on the outside looking in, have, have hung their hat, on a self-declaration that they think or feel that they're good with God, let them be accountable to the words of your holy scriptures and not to the thinking of their flawed and finite mind. Let them seek what you have said about where they stand and who they are outside of Christ, that they would do business with you as they will one day to stand before you in judgment. That it would be your plan, your grace to give them eyes to see and ears to hear that they too would repent and believe and be saved. To be part of this family. To know what it is to have true and ongoing thankfulness in the midst of even great struggle in this short, hard life. We worship you. We celebrate you today. Hear us now as we sing praise and prepare to go into this week of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.